0: We hit the button. And I gotta tell you what, get freaking ready for this episode. We're gonna have so much fun. Fun, but also be prepared because I brought coffee, Celsius. In fact, I have two Celsius. Can't I don't know what's going on here. I've got some Gatorade. I am ready to rock this thing, and you need to be ready to listen to this thing because our guest is an absolute terror. She is amazing. She has she's terrifying how many things she knows. And we're going to talk live events today. We're going to talk about a lot of different aspects. I know a lot of you have been thinking, hey, I got a podcast, why don't I just make it live? Yeah, that's a great idea. And we're going to talk to someone who, who like lives and breathes this stuff. She's an expert in this area and digital events and strategy, all the things. Man, live events, 24-5, multiple live events all going on at the same time in different places. She's got a great show called Donuts and Demand. That is the coolest name ever. The name all of us instantly wish we had invented when we hear it. Associate Director of Content and Campaigns at GoldCast, Lindsay McGuire, welcome to the show.
1: Hello, what an what a intro. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But also, like, I don't know how you handle that much caffeine because I always joke, like, my caffeine cut off 11 a.m. If I even drank one Celsius, I'd probably die.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we find out on your next Live webinar. We'll we'll send you a Celsius and we'll see oh, what no, happens. No, <laughs> no, no maybe no, not. Maybe that. not. We'll stick <laughs> to donuts. Well, you know what? I am I am a mere shadow to Mr. Chris Walker, who when I, I was having him on my podcast, he was drinking a, a cold brew on the show, right? And I don't know if you, you know, you probably know this. I'm like a dominant behind. I didn't realize that cold brew had more caffeine than regular coffee. So when I saw him drinking that, I was like, oh my gosh, Chris that's insane. He's like, yeah, I already had three before the show too. So I don't know oh how he does <laughs> it. I still, to this day, I don't think he still remembers chatting with me. I think I was just, uh, <laughs> he blinked. I mean, maybe the that's key to run. his
1: success. You know, I don't know.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, Lindsay, I want to start this show by asking you the question where I ask everyone this question to start this show off. We've got a lot of podcasters listening a lot of hosts listening. Can you pull back the curtain for us on your live events and share your most important strategy for a great show?
1: Yeah, man, what a loaded question right there. I think think when it comes down to it is producing content your audience wants to see, right? I think as marketers, many of us fall victim to producing the content we want our audience to, to digest and see and hear but that's not going to be very serving in the long term. So being able to understand what your audience actually wants out of your live events, out of your podcasts, out of your content. And that's why I love live events, because I can literally ask my audience on the show, what do you want to hear about? What do you want to learn about? Who do you want to be a guest on the show? Do you want to come on the show? So I think it's all about trying to figure out How can you stand out from the crowd? How you can break through the noise, the thing we've always been talking about, especially as digital marketing, podcasts, live events, all the things get more and more cluttered and clustered and just everyone has everything, right? But then also being able to understand how that ties back into what your audience is looking for, what they're craving, what they're needing, But that doesn't mean it shouldn't relate to your business and your strategy and what you're doing as an organization, right? There should be a balancing point between creating what your audience wants, what's going to fill gaps in their kind of content, um, you know, pegboard, I guess is a good way to say it. But also how can that then tie back to what you're bringing to market, what products you're working on, what features are new? So being able to balance between what people are looking for, what's going to catch their eye, because you got to catch their eye first, right? Like you got to have that moment of pizzazz. But then how does that also correlate back to your org, your strategy, your go-to-market, all those kind of things?
0: Got it. So you, you like start with the audience and then tie, then back to you first. But I mean, I'm guilty of this. I've been very selfish in some of my podcasts where I'm excited to talk to someone and I... I can lose myself in conversation and forget about the audience. I can forget that anyone's listening, which helps if no one's listening, right? But when they actually are, then you need to think about them. How, have you just always felt this way? Like, how do you make the shift? What, what, do you, what kind of things have to go through your mind in order to put your audience first or, or at least out there?
1: Yeah, it's just knowing at the baseline that's what's going to keep you going is the fact that people are invested in your brand, in your show, in your episodes, in your content. And that's not to say that you have to amass some mega audience. You know, I think a lot of people go into either creating a live event series or creating a podcast thinking that they need to amass this huge audience and have thousands or hundreds of thousands of listeners and people engaging. But The truth of the matter is it's actually more important to have a very, very engaged audience no matter their size. So it's better to have a very engaged audience of 500 versus, you know, a not engaged audience of 1,000 or 2,000. So just getting that mindset and sometimes it's hard because you are going to have probably managers or leaders or business associates or whoever insert into that space going to be telling you like, you need to grow the show, you need to grow the audience, and we need more and more and more and like the economies of scale. But you need to really think about, well, what is the point of what I'm doing? What is the goal? What's the value? What's the return? And that can be different across depending what kind of show you're running, uh, what kind of investment you're putting into it. So there's a lot of like balancing and like mathematician kind of things happening. But
0: but tying it back to like what the goal is. So, because otherwise you get lost in those vanity metrics. So it sounds like even with a live show, you still have outside resources or outside influences saying, how many likes did you get? How many, how many bodies clicked and, and joined always. your event? Right. And we always, everyone, oh, it's like a disease. It's like, go away. It's not about that. Uh, but it's about in, the engagement and, and you're, Why why is that? Why is it more about the people engaging? I feel like the answer might be obvious, but I feel like I need to ask this question too. Why is engagement more important than just the fact that you had, you know, a thousand people there?
1: Yeah, to me, that engagement is really pointing out that you're developing a relationship with that person, right? Like they are taking the time to actually engage. It's one thing to be a passive listener. And like, if you're, you know, on a live event and you're not engaging in any opportunity, like you're not chatting, you're not doing polls, you're not doing Q&A, like you're just a passive listener. And the same thing as like a podcast listener, you can be a very passive listener. You can be like one quarter listening while you're doing laundry or washing your kid or working or whatever it might be. So to me, being able to pick up on those engagement signals and those people who are truly invested in the content you're putting out that's opening a door to that relationship. And like for instance, you know, one thing I like to do in my live events is plug in polls that give me a reason to talk to my audience. So for instance, on our series masterclass, our last one was talking about how to maintain your show momentum, grow a show into a thriving series over time. One of the things that came up was talking about booking speakers and booking guests. And so one of the poll things was, hey, do you want some examples of some guest outreach to help you start your series and start your show? Anyone who said yes, guess what? Now the door's opened for me to like reach out to them, provide them some very helpful, relevant content, and hopefully begin some kind of relationship between show host and show participant, show viewer, audience member. Uh, so I think there's just ample opportunities to be able to build some of those more in-depth, long-term relationships. And if they're like, oh, hey, Lindsay from Goldcast is super helpful. She was super nice. Like, I'll value all the stuff she's creating. Then if they ever need a live events platform, guess who they're probably going to think of? Goldcast. So I think that's the really value there of leaning into that um, importance of engagement and who is actually, you know, invested in what you're doing.
0: Yeah. And we're going to talk about Goldcast in a little bit. I actually loved my experience. I, I had a chance to join you on your show. Well, not join you. I got a chance to like observe, watch. And and next time I'm bringing donuts, and I mentioned that. Uh, it was it was great. So I'm we're going to share a little bit about some of my favorite features about it. And if people haven't checked it out, they're going to want to after that. But to follow up with what you were saying, it makes total sense. And I hadn't really thought about this. The engaged people are on their path to building a relationship with you. Yeah, the people just, yeah, you know, passively listening are also, I mean, I've listened to 100 million hours of podcasters and I feel like I have a relationship with them. They don't know who I am, of course, but that developed a lot slower than if I was like actively engaging and, oh, there's nothing quite like the host or, or that person engaging with you. And you're like, whoa, this is, this is, this is cool. So yeah, it, it's like a, it's a great signal. And I think marketing, we have so many dumb signals that don't mean anything. You know, and so, but this is a uh, real signal. This is down like, oh, right. <laughs> that, that's a rant for the other show. <laughs> all the, all the bullshit marketing out there. But no, this is like a really good signal. This is, not only did I, I show up, but I'm not like getting other work done. I'm like, I'm in this content and I'm, I'm excited. And I want to hear more. And the feedback that comes from that, you know, when you mentioned the polls, I was like, okay, this is cool. We're going to make better content live while it's happening. But you mentioned it it gives you permission to follow up with people afterward. So I'm kind of I'm kind of digging this polls thing. Do you have them in every one of your
1: shows? Yeah. So for every episode of Donuts in Demand, which is our hour-long show run for demand generation marketers. We run, generally speaking, three polls. One in the kind of intro housekeeping section, one about midway through, and then one closer to the end. And they're always related to the topics we're talking about, the content we're putting out there, not just like sporadic random ones. I mean, every once in a while, I'll throw out a fun one about like donuts or things like that because we are a fun show. We are lighthearted. And so we want to have some sprinkles of the, the fun popped in. Um, But they are strategic in ensuring that we're serving our audience that they can get more content or more information, or we can then use that information to cater our future episodes and be able to know. Like one of the polls I ran during our December episode, which had Brendan Humford of Growth Sprints and Joyce Chong of DocuSign on was, hey, what do you want us to cover in 2024? Gave them five options, vote on your favorite, or you can drop a comment in the chat if what you want to see is not there. And it's just so valuable to have that and know, exactly what people are looking for. But yes, always have polls. Um, They're super helpful, both I think for the audience and for myself and the Goldcast team as we curate our content over time. And they're just fun too, you know? And then we can also use that to fuel other pieces of our content strategy. We can take that poll and use it in research. We can use it in social media. We can put it in email nurture. So it's kind of this full cycle fueling everything else just from like a simple poll in a live event. It's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, the, uh, there's like there's like so much with that. Uh, the the polls oh, they have a chance to be they have a chance to be fun, like you're mentioning, but also give you that real feedback and and not that we want to rant about marketing again, but back to your original point. So many times we make content a show or not based on our own guesswork, you know, or make content. Hey, I spent thousands of dollars on this white paper that no one wants to read because you decided that your people need to read this and no one actually gave you that feedback. So to be able to actually ask people in these polls, hey, what do you what do you want to hear more of? And they tell you, man, just make your content strategy that. Stop trying to invent things and you know for your people. Like give them what they want, you know? Credible. You, you team, you've definitely done this live event thing a lot. Would you would you break it down? Like, what are the the key things that what makes for a great live show? And, and have you experienced the difference? And, you know, what in particular do you got to like watch out for, but also you can really double down on?
1: Yeah, what makes a great live show is just the energy around it. There's just a different vibe when you know it's live. And there's a little bit higher stakes okay. too, right? Like there's no editing, yeah. there's no, you know, cut tool, there's no like I guess you can cut a commercial depending how creative you are. But I mean, there's a whole nother level definitely of stress that comes along with live events. And I never understood it until I became an event marketer. I was like, oh, this is what my event marketing friends are talking about. Like, oh, this is a whole new level of like pressure. But I also think that level of pressure makes you better because you feel like you have to nail it the first time around and you don't have, you know, five takes to get it perfect. But it also brings yeah. like a level of like authenticity too, where you can be not as polished and perfect and a little bit more relatable. And I think as a whole, that's where marketing is going is that we want those really authentic, um, personal, like relatable posts and moments and feelings. So I think that's the magic of a live event. And then also just the vibes, right? Like you have people popping off in the chat. You can be able to capture kind of real-time feedback In your polls, um, in GoldCast, we have fun things like a ticker that we pull up. So when I intro my guests, there's a ticker that says, you know, connect with them on LinkedIn. And there's just fun things that pop up that make it kind of engaging and that I'm very much a believer of like surprise and delight, especially when it comes to product development and what is built in your product. And one thing we've done as far as our surprise and delight for Donuts in Demand, which guess it's not that surprising if you're a repeat like viewer and audience member. But for first timers, for each of our segments, we have a really cute just little animation that comes up and it intros the next segment of our show. And just having those moments of surprise and delight and people just and and the guests too, because obviously my guests are on camera. And a lot of times I see them light up because they don't know what's coming. And they're like, Oh, that was fun and cool. And so you have those moments of just being able to have that surprise and delight built into your shows and being able to get that reaction live both from the people who are on camera, but also people in the chat, you know, people who are very engaged will react to those kind of things. And so there's just another level of pressure, but also a level of like excitement and energy that I don't think you get from a lot of other mediums.
0: So true. You know, you, you were causing me to really reflect as you were talking about that live feeling and I maybe it's the the theater background or something, but I tend to always treat my podcasts as if they were live. Like you're totally right. I could say, I could fix my chair here and I could say, hey Bjorn, let's let's cut this part out. Let's actually, Bjorn, let's not cut this part out. But like like I could, I could, you know, you can do that. Or you could say, please, actually, Bjorn, let's summon lightning for everyone from the tip of my finger. Yeah, you know, like you can. You can make things happen. You could break that fourth wall, but for some reason, just, you know, whether it's my experience or background or training, I just, I tend to treat this like, oh, I, you know, I don't really want to break character for you or for anyone listening, but you totally can. And, and no one's the wiser, right? It, but on a live, on a live show, you don't have that. It literally is one take. It, it's almost the difference between watching a, a, a TV show that's filmed live versus one that isn't, you know, and it's just like, something happens, it happens. But sometimes the magic happens in those moments. And there, there is more of an atmosphere of like, whoa, this thing's going on. Because I also because you get the feedback, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if we screw up or something, and we just let it ride, that's cool. And we're not going to know about it until <laughs> a couple weeks from here. And oh, hey, funny podcast. That was crazy when Casey said XYZ here. You know, he what a what a weirdo, right? <laughs> but like, to get that instant feedback of like, you said what? Like, LOL, the chat was blowing up when I, when I was um, in the Donuts in Demand. It was fun. I was like, I love causing trouble in a chat. So you, you were out there, you're interviewing, you had two guests and it was just fantastic. And I'm like, causing trouble. I'm like, oh, this is great. Just giving feedback. And I love that when when, when your audience is giving you feedback. So it makes to- total sense. And then finally, the surprise and delight. Yeah, yeah I did notice those screens on Goldcast where It was like you finished with one particular section or a series of questions and all of a sudden it was like splash screen. They're like, whoa, what is this? Like, I've not seen another platform do that.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of fun and it gives us another layer of like creativity and surprise. And, you know, I think after a while people get tired of kind of a panel or talking heads or just people on mics. And so having those like little breakup moments, it just brings that energy back to life, right? If it's starting to kind of dull a little bit.
0: Totally. What, what, are you, what are you trying to say about my show? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> that was, that was I nothing need to get this,
1: personal.
0: <laughs> this sad show live? Probably. I don't, know, I don't know if anyone could handle it live, though. We have to filter it for you all. It's too powerful. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> man, um, you mentioned before we got started that you have a horror story. And I didn't want to start with it, but man, do we love a good horror story. So what happened?
1: Oh, wow. I have a few. Um, some from my time podcasting, some from my time with live events. And
0: hold on. Splash screen. Whoop. Horror <laughs> stories. Horror <laughs> stories.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, cool. Now we can begin.
1: Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Loved it. You should do that all the time. Like I think people would pay you for that. I should. Put them on Fiverr. Um, <laughs> I think so. Uh, I think I'll, I'll go with my live event one since that's the world I live in now. But we, yeah, um, one of my events, uh, we just could not get one of the speakers to do a tech check. Y'all please, for the love of God, always do your tech checks. Like, just, just do it. Just do it. Just please, 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 please begging you. Um, someone didn't do a check, tech check. They were also not using, you know, as a streaming platform. It's just always recommended to use a desktop computer and use a, a computer. Um, You know, it can work across mobile units, but it's just not the favored platform to use for things like that for a myriad of reasons. Not only did they not do their tech check, 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 they also used a mobile device and could not.
0: Like on an iPad setup. Man, those people drive me bonkers. Oh, I've got my iPad my... <laughs> God,
1: people. And uh yeah, things went a little off the rails and you know, we had to handle that situation and someone had to go live who was not planning to go live and kind of start Oh, tell
0: me, I need more details though. You said something, something went What happened? Tell me the gory details. <laughs> It, like they couldn't connect or they were like on
1: they were ju- they just like could not get it figured out And we were trying to like figure it out backstage And then also having someone like <laughs> run the event that wasn't even supposed to be running the event at that time and it was just you know Again, it's that amount of pressure and stress that comes along with live events but at the same time like it is so worth it to go through those moments because after that, you know, we had some people ask just to suss out, like, could people tell that this went this far off roads? Because, like, you know, we were all very stressed and very like, oh god. Yeah. Uh, but amazingly, people did not even pick up that that wasn't how the show was meant to go, and that that it went. You know, they just assumed that's how it was supposed to be. And you know, I think there's also magic in being able to recover when things go off or things go awry, and being real and open and just kind of going with it in those moments. I mean. That's when magic happens, I guess.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. You know what? That is such a huge thing you brought up. The fact that, and I love that you have the, the polling to be able to see, you have the feedback back to everything you've been saying. And, and you asked, like, could you tell how much of a cluster that was? People are like, no. And like, you hear this from acting coaches and other people, like, if, even though in your brain, you're living three lifetimes of your brain going, ah, oh, this is not working, right? you're like an in inception, you're like in three dream levels. And it's but like, no one else noticed like, for everyone else, it was like one second of like, Oh, Casey, pause the, to think about something real quick, you know?
1: Yeah, if you, if, oh. if you all want a funny one, I actually will be dropping a blooper reel from not a blooper reel. It's just one blooper clip. But I have one really great clip of where I just stumble and keep stumbling and awkwardly keep stumbling. But you know, you just have to recover and you turn it into something funny. And now it's a great moment <laughs> for me to share on social. So, uh, you know, Logan, Belinda, Travis, thank you on the series masterclass for leaning into that moment and making me not feel more terrible than I already did. <laughs> I could Thanks, not say guys. the word distribution and it just like snowballed from there.
0: <laughs> Is that the word? Can you say it now?
1: I can say it now. I've overcome my fear. Distribution. Mean,
0: like three times fast.
1: Distribution, distribution, <laughs> distribution. See, I got it now because I messed That's up awesome. live. <laughs>
0: You know, for me, it's accelerator. I don't know. It just accelerator, and I, some of the R's just get dropped in there. You know, I don't know what it is. A lot
1: of um, syllables in that word. So
0: yeah, yeah, I know it, you know, that's another topic we can get to. But uh, shoot, shoot, to go back before we get into the, the, the words and whatnot, the tech check, right? I call it a prep call. We like, whether it's a prep call or a tech check or something. Do you now make people do it? Or do you still let them do that after that
1: experience? I mean, in an ideal world, yes, everyone will do a tech check. But, you know, sometimes just things come up and things are awry and schedules. And especially with people who are very, very busy, just every once in a while, it just doesn't happen. And you just have to be prepared. And I think that's why, though, too, you just need to know what's backup plan B, C, D, E, F. Because you never know what might happen. And so just knowing that could happen and being okay if that happens and not letting that break you because easily you can like spiral and you can just like lose your cool and then just crumble. And, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh, no, this is all just garbage now. But again, like there's that moment of authenticity and you can find ways to maybe make it funny or like, you know, somehow get the audience engaged another tactic too, like if it's really like, oh no, we can't start or like we need to delay or something, you can always too in Goldcast, like bring up an audience member on stage and do something like fun or like interesting or engaging. So there's things you can do to pivot when you need to. And of course, as an event marketer, you don't ever want to like have to make those pivots, but just know it might happen and you just have to be the mindset of, We'll just make it work. You know, if anyone's a Project Runway, Tim Gunn fan, just got to make it work. <laughs>
0: make it work, people. Make it work. He's great. Great dresser, and he's got these awesome catchphrases. Uh, I like to bottle him up, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, you know what? Even hearing this this convo, convo that we're doing, like if someone's listening to this, just giving you the heads up, weird stuff happens. So if you can plan for it, learn from our horror stories, now you know. Like, what happens if the, the fire alarm goes off in the middle of your podcast? Have you thought about that? Um, I've One of the podcasts we produced, we had a naked man walk across the background of it. Uh, he thought his wife was doing an audio-only podcast. Oh, no. You know? <laughs> so what do you do? But you listen to a show like this, and you hear these situations, so maybe your brain goes, okay... If that happens, what am I going to do? Just a little bit of planning. I love the idea of bringing a member on stage. And you could totally have that as like a fallback. Maybe in the moment you just invent it. But later on you go, okay, our plan, like to your point, our plan B is this, that we're going to do this until everything's ready to go. And and again, to your poll, no one will even know. They're like that was the coolest show ever. Like that's the sad part. We're like, they're like, that was my favorite show. And you're like, wow, wow.
1: <laughs> and if you need the one that I didn't easy. plan at all. <laughs> And if you need an easy out of a way to like rev that engagement, if things are like going awry or something's wrong and you need to like find a way to just like divert somehow, giveaways are a great way to do it. So if you have a prize you're giving away or if you can add in something extra special, like that's a great way if you need to stall or just like, you know, have some time or resolve something. People love giveaways. You actually want to give away on Donuts in Demand because you were so engaged in the show. Um, so, you know, that's another I actually won one. you did. Yeah, I know you had I your choice, the fanny pack or the gift cards. So, and it's a sick, fanny pack, y'all, if you want to see it, it's going to go up on our LinkedIn soon because we're asking if people oh, want yeah. it again.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I gave the, re- did I give a response? Did I, would I, I don't I even know you what did. I I think you,
1: for. I think you went with the gift card, but I don't know. Maybe you're oh, a fanny pack I? person. I can't remember. I didn't
0: realize the fanny pack was an option. Okay. Well, if I, if I see it, a picture of one and it's fantastic, I will send back the gift cards for the fanny pack. Uh, because, you know, well, good Franny Pack. They're, they're underrated for sure. Oh, uh, but like yeah, giveaways, pack. huh? Yes. And, but yet you don't force people to do a, a, a prep or a tech check. I find that sometimes the people who feel like they know the most or have done the most interviews are just like, no. Because they're used to bad ones, right? They, like you and I did a, a prep call, and you're a pro. You didn't need to do that. But it wasn't about you needing to do that. There's a couple minutes we caught up, talked about the audience, the show, some questions. And we hung out and we went back to our work. Like, it doesn't have to be a crazy Mm-mm. hour-long tech check. Book oh, them for no, five minutes long,
1: or no. you know?
0: Oh, no, no, right? no,
1: <laughs> Yeah. 30 minutes max, baby. <laughs>
0: right, If the actual- right. Are there things you like to cover in the tech check?
1: Yeah. So my agenda for our tech checks is the first five minutes, just a meet and greet between the two guests and myself, because sometimes the guests won't have any context of who the other guest is. So it's nice to kind of level set, get a little teary and friendly so we can vibe when we're live. Uh, And then from there, there's about 10 or 15 minutes. I have a a deck that I create that kind of goes through the show flow, tells them all the details on donuts and demand, what to expect, Uh, go through all the segments of our show. We have five different segments for the hour-long episode. And some of that, they actually get to select their segments. So I curate four different segments. They go through, they choose their top two. And we kind of get on the same page on what each speaker is going to kind of lean into and talk about. So there's some cohesiveness there. Um, And the last five or 10 minutes, depending on how much time we're at, we do a gold cast walkthrough so they know exactly what buttons to push how to get backstage what to expect they can do it themselves in that moment because they yeah. have their magic speaker links ready so that's really my agenda for that tech check part
0: from a SaaS perspective that's like gold they basically just did a demo of your platform
1: uh yes it's lovely it's wonderful uh you know, it's great to be in <laughs> an org where I can, like, use well, my org my did day-to-day and essentially again? sell it on the marketing. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs>
0: it did. It got crazy. We were experiencing crazy delays. And the only reason we're talking about them is because we can on any other show. You might pretend they didn't happen. On a live show, you can, right? On a live show, you can. not You just have to, like, go with it. Have you experienced, like, crazy lag from guests?
1: So luckily, I haven't had like lags per se, but I have had like guests like accidentally go on stage before like it starts. Um, So we've had just like a guest like hanging out like on stage between like a session break. (laughs) On
0: on screen, right on video, just like (laughs) eating their tuna fish sandwich on the screen.
1: Or um, one funny moment, which it actually worked out. And sometimes these like goofs work out. So someone yeah. had put a question in the chat on our series Masterclass episode, class four. Um, and Travis from PandaDoc just like somehow like brought it on stage. And he was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I don't know what I've done. It's like, oh no, actually I was going to do this. So it was like, you're reading my mind. And it just like <laughs> played out well. But yeah, people can go rogue. Um, we've even had some some session speakers sometimes when they have the... Um, the they have a certain level of like things they can do in the back end. And sometimes, you know, they might end a session accidentally, which
0: Yo, always fun no. that
1: happens.
0: <laughs> that is a feature release. That, like don't allow my guests to end the whole. that, you know, Hey, th- thanks for coming. Okay. Thanks. Bye. And then there for everyone. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, there's always like every once in a while, there's something funny or rogue that happens. But again, it brings that level of like, eye-catchingness I guess in a way I mean if things are too perfect it's boring right so a little bit of like funniness and oopsies is like oh okay I can work with this
0: it's way more entertaining when things go wrong like as an audience member you're you know like it's the it's the polished boards like super script reading ones that are just terrible
1: and again, it does depend on your audience, right? Like there's some audiences where you probably don't want to goof up in those ways, okay, like fair. slip up like that. You know, if I'm giving a, a very high level medical presentation to a lot of, you know, medical <laughs> uh, people, then probably don't want to be as goofy and funny and messing up. But I think for a lot I'd of be people, a
0: terrible doctor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm married to a doctor, so I can tell you all. Are you? Yes. <laughs> But we won't go down that road.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. I was going to say, there's a whole rabbit hole we can go to there. Um, I hadn't heard this before and I just wanted to highlight the idea of selecting your segments, letting your guests choose their own path in a way. That is a cool idea. That is a really cool idea.
1: Yeah. So that came to fruition because we have actually in Goldcast history run three different live ongoing series. So first was CMO Diaries, which was hosted by Kishore, one of our founders that ran, I think, for almost two years. We sunsetted it this year. Um, We also run Event Marketers Live, which we've been running, I think, over like a year and a half now. Belinda, our head of community events, runs that one. Um, And then once we started Donuts in Demand, um, we started, we launched our first episode with Chris Walker and Lashana Jackson in September. When we started thinking about how to develop the show, create the show, we were just thinking about what went really, really well with the shows we'd always produce and what we wanted to do differently or where we thought we could be better. And one thing we talked about with like EML, Event Marketers Live, was just we needed to somehow bring in some more of that like podcast style, like old game show style thing where there's segments yeah. and transitions and like just bringing some like freshness and more energy and liveness into it. So we actually not only like added this into Donuts in Demand, but we actually did an overhaul of Event Marketers Live as well and redid that show in this style too. But the thing we wanted to avoid was how do we create a series that's engaging and informative and fun, but also doesn't become very monotonous and boring same old, same old. You know, when you have a series, you want people to come back and you want to give them a reason to come back. And if it's the same thing, show to show, episode to episode, people are just going to get bored, right? They're going to drop off. They're not going to pay attention. They're not going to be engaged anymore. And so one of our ideas was hey, what if we make this? And I have like a 20 plus segment list that I run off of, and I'm always like trying to ideate new things. I talk to my friends like over on LinkedIn and my associates in marketing of like, hey, what would you think would be a funnier, cool segment to add? And then when I bring my guests into that prep call, I curate the four I think would match their backgrounds or their expertise or, you know, whatever their talk tracks are. And then I give them just a very short, quick synopsis. This is what this is about. And they tell me their top two. And then that's how we bring in some fresh flavor from episode to episode. Because we also try to ensure that we're not repeating from like one episode to the next with the same segments because then I'm defeating the purpose.
0: How longs are, how how longs, how longs are these things? Um, English, Uh, how long are these series?
1: (laughs) So on an episode basis, um, Event Marketers Live is about 45 minutes long. Donuts in Demand is an hour long. And the segments, um, some of them are shorter than others, like our donut dedications closes out the show before Q&A. That is really like a three-minute max of each guest, just giving some shout-outs to marketers and brands that inspire them. But for our kind of in-the-middle meteor segments, those can be like five to seven minutes per speaker for those segments.
0: Okay. And then... Are these are these like serialized series where you're, you're doing like a season or you're only doing 12 and then it's done and you're doing something different? Or how do you approach that?
1: Yeah, so all of those that I've mentioned so far, so CMO Diaries, Event Marketers Live, and Donuts in Demand have all been serialized. Currently with the two that we have live running now, EML and Donuts in Demand, they each run once a month. So Event Marketers Live is on the first Thursday of the month. Donuts and Demand is on the second Tuesday of the month, and we run them so close together because they're very different audiences. So Donuts and Demand is very much demand generation marketers. Event Marketers Live is obviously event marketers, field marketers. Right. So there's not a ton of overlap in our audiences, so we can run them so close together because we're not cannibalizing our audiences so much. Um, and then they just go on until we decide it's time to move on and and end the show and Um, And we've actually run them at different cadences before. I think CMO Diaries at one point was like a weekly live show, um, which is a lot. Uh, That is a lot. But we have found the nice sweet spot as far as like capacity, audience building, logistics, all the things is like a once month lively show and just keeping that drumbeat in that cadence. Um, So like I said, EML, I think celebrates two years in February and Donuts in Demand is going into our fifth episode, I think.
0: Hell yeah, yeah. One month does sound like a good balance between effort and audience's desire to come join something. Frequently, I love to just roll the sleeves and get tactical before we run out of time, and just talk about Goldcast. By the way, this episode is now sponsored by Goldcast. Wink, wink. Um, not yet, but maybe one day. So, tell me about it, like because I'm a you know we're on Squadcast right now. I'm clearly old and draconian, not live. How do I make that transition? Is it just a matter of just get get cold cast and you're like, you're good? Or technology and like sort of rolled sleeves wise, like how do I transition to doing more lives?
1: Yeah, I think there's definitely a mindset change because you do need to be strategic. And again, how you are getting that audience engagement, how you're paying attention to your audience in the moment. So like we've already talked about, there's thinking about what polls am I going to run? You know, what's going to be in my survey? Am I going to use tickers on stage? Uh, You know, how am I going to plant some things in the chat to get the chat going off a little more if it's not organically taking off? Um, Again, if you want to do giveaways or any kind of fun games or interactive elements, There's definitely a mindset shift of you're not just getting in a recording studio and talking to someone and that's it. And and granted, that's hard enough on its own, right? Like running a podcast is not easy. I produced this uh, podcast for six seasons and hosted for two and a half. So it's not easy either. But the mind shift, I think, is different of there's just a whole nother level you need to think about as you're creating your run of show, as you're thinking about how to build your audience into your content, into your flow. So I think that's the biggest change if you're wanting to go from like a pre and people pre record webinars all the time. So it's not like someone Mm. who's doing events isn't like having this kind of thinking either too, because there's a lot of organizations that probably does a lot of recording for their events. And then the only part that might be live is like their Q&A or their follow up panel or question time. Um, But I think a big transition is just thinking about how do I up that engagement? How do I get my audience involved? How do I make it engaging for that whole hour? Cause with a podcast, you know, a lot of consumers are probably not gonna sit through your podcast for that whole 30 minutes, 45 minutes hour. You know, they're gonna pause it here and do this and then come back and then do this. And it's a different kind of vibe and feeling and engagement than like a live event. I mean, yeah, a lot of them you can watch on demand and there's a hundred percent value there. Um, but in that moment, in that live engagement moment, you know, what are you doing to ensure that they're not hopping off and because they can't really come back, you know, it's going to be like 20 minutes flies and the event's done.
0: I definitely see the mindset you're talking about. You're right. It, it's not like, hey, so right now someone's listening to this and getting a run on. Hey, get your Peloton on. Yeah, you, in that scenery, you know, you're probably, you know, bi- bicycling through Bosnia and, and listening to this podcast and getting a workout in. And you know, you can sk- go fast forward. You probably have us on 1.5 speed. Totally get it. But there is this time box of a live event. It's starting at one, it's ending a little round two. You have these people then and now, so tune in, but that's what you got. And, and afterward, maybe it's recorded, but it, there is a certain period of time. Do you think that recorded webinars that are pretending to be live, is that evil or is that okay? What's your, what's your take?
1: you know, I am of the essence of always be real with your audience. So I don't think I would position it as like, oh, this is live. And although it is recorded, like, no, like no one's going to care if you're like, oh, this section has been recorded. Like, I don't think that's going to, I mean, maybe I'm wrong too. Like maybe there's research out there that proves me wrong, but I'm always of the thinking of like, just be transparent with your audience and have them know what, what they're signing up for and what they're getting. Um, you know, there might be different feelings about that, but, And I'll say too, I think running things live makes you produce better content because you have to, right? Like you said, you have to keep those people there. You have to keep them in the room. So what are you doing to do that? And there's no, again, there's no redos. There's no retakes. And so I think it also allows you to level up your content in a lot of ways And then if you have a platform like Goldcast, then you can use a tool like Content Lab to then bring that content into the back end, snip it up into video clips and emails and blog posts and outlines and all sorts of things. And then all of a sudden, it's not only just a live event, it's this whole continuum of like a multi-channel content strategy. So a lot of different thinking I think goes into it, but it's like, how do you keep people Engaged? How do you keep them in the room, and then how do you then use that content after you're you're you know you've gone off stage and your curtains dropped?
0: Man, you're right. It is another layer that makes for better content, and I I I could even see podcasters that aren't even going live considering this this question because it's not going to make your podcast worse. It's only going to make it better. How do you get that audience in? How do you hook them early? How do you keep them going? And and if your guest is getting boring, don't let them like you need to you need to mix it up like, but but like the pressure is on. like a little more pressure. I think we could we could use it as we get more comfortable in our podcast chairs of like getting that live mindset, push, push that quality.
1: Yeah, it it will really bring you to another level for sure. Um, And. Again, it depends on how you handle that pressure and that anxiety. And for some people, it probably is the last thing they want to do. And that's okay, right? That's why yeah. pre-recorded things <laughs> exist and why you can run a podcast in this way. But if you feel like this kind of atmosphere will help you thrive and help you be better, 100% try it. I mean, it's it's really like changed my ability to be a host and be a moderator and be a presenter in ways. Because... um you know, surprise, surprise, I actually don't have an event marketing background at all. (laughs) Hey. So everyone can learn, everyone can figure it out. It takes time and effort and, you know, practice makes perfect, all that kind of jumbo. But if you're considering it, it's so worth it. Trust me.
0: Hell yeah. Where do people go if they want to connect with you, want to get a little is there a Gold Cast demo? You know, all that stuff. Where do they go? Where do you want them to go?
1: Oh, you know, I'm just a marketer who loves to sell demos. So let me tell you about hey. where you can get our demos. Uh, So goldcast.io is our website. That's where you can find out about our platform, about Content Lab. Uh, Also, if you're just wondering how to run a live event series, I just closed out on my last big event series of the year. Uh, We have a series masterclass. It's a collection of four different classes, all about how to uh, create, launch, and maintain a thriving live event series. Uh, Lots of great guests too on that one. I mean, I had so much fun and they dropped lots of knowledge. And if you want to connect with me, I am a LinkedIn queen. That's my jam. I'm not a TikTok girl. I'm not really on Insta. Like it's just, I know I'm very boring. I'm getting very old. Don't remind me. Uh, but yeah, hi, find me over on LinkedIn, Lindsay McGuire. Don't be alarmed when you see my URL is a different last name because it's still in my maiden name because I don't, I don't know why it's too long. I've been married like six years. So it's, just
0: Wait, out the McGuire's the new one or the old one?
1: McGuire's my new one. My maiden name is Ladaroo.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Ladaroo, is it spelled like it sounds or
1: L-A-D-E- is it like complicated? E- <laughs> L-A-D-E-R-O-U-T-E. So is that how you were guessing?
0: Oh, yeah. It's different, right? People would, would totally say it wrong and spell it wrong. Maguire. Yeah, was, hey,
1: okay. All right. I was happy to become a McGuire. Although now I'm yeah. haunted by Lizzie McGuire jokes. So it's fine.
0: It's that's fine. true. Oh, is she coming over for Christmas? <laughs> You're like, no, shut up. Go away. You're uninvited. Oh, that's so good. Lizzie, thank you for coming on here. I feel like this time is so short. We totally got to chat. On the marketing pod i can hang out with you forever and eat donuts next time um but thank you for coming on here
1: for sure i, I do hope to see you on the chats at donut and demand on january 16th and you better bring a donut because that's what it's meant for it's meant for demand Hell gen, yeah. learning and eating donuts
0: i'll be there i'll be causing trouble i'll be trying to test out your process see if you got a little block filter maybe a little mute button on casey cheshire He's causing too much trouble. He's he's don't too entertaining make any in the chat.
1: You. <laughs> I trust you. We'll have lots of fun.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna get shadow banned on Goldcast. Well, for those listening, if you learned something, and I freaking know you did because I literally have two pages of notes over here, front and back. I've learned a ton. There's so much. This, letting your guests select their segments, the once a month cadence, the tech checks. I don't know how many times you have to say that tech checks people. The polls. So much good stuff. If you learned something, share this episode with someone else, one person, three people, 9,000 people, whatever. Just but put what you learned, tag Lindsay, tag myself. We'll hop in those LinkedIn comments. We'll throw some memes down. We'll have a great time. We'll have a great conversation. And with that, thank you again for coming on here. This has been so cool.
1: Oh, thank you. It was a great conversation. Had a lot of fun. And I look forward to all those memes and gifts on all the shares you're doing out there. So let's go.
0: Hell yeah, let's do it. All right, everyone. This has been a crazy cool episode of Creating the Greatest Show. We will see you all next time. And next time doesn't have to be next week. Life's too short and we have way too much to talk about. Find show notes full of takeaways, lessons, and links at creatingthegreatestshow.com.